0: So how is everybody? Weathered the storm, and yeah, glad to see you all here. Uh, So uh, kind of keeping with the season, um, I found a, a seasonal joke I thought I'd share today. I think I might have shared this some years back, so sorry if you've heard it, but it's worth sharing again. All right. The shopping center was packed as the wife walked through one of the malls. She was surprised when she looked around to find that her husband was now nowhere to be seen. She was quite upset because they had a lot to do, and so she became so worried that she called him on her cell phone to ask him where he was. In a quiet voice, he said, Dear, do you remember the jewelers we went to in about five years ago and we fell in love with this diamond necklace that we couldn't afford? And I told you that I would get it for you one day. And the wife gets choked up and kind of begins to cry and says, I do remember that shop. I remember right where it is. And he, he said, well, I'm at the bar next door. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? Woman was taken to court for doing her Christmas shopping too early. The judge asked her, How early were you doing your Christmas shopping? She said, Before the store opened. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you are new here today, we have been going through the Gospel of John now for, I think, maybe five weeks. And uh, we have been looking only at the, the prologue, the beginning of the gospel, of the first chapters of John's gospel. We're going to finish that up today. If you ever thought we were ever going to get through with it, we're going to finish up the prologue today. And I want to read it again uh, with you. If you can grab a Bible, and uh, there should be one around you. Um, uh, there's some page numbers up on the screen. And we have really... Um, kind of focused on the details of this section of Scripture uh, going almost verse by verse. And today we're going to look at the end verses, but I just thought we would read through it one more time. So we're going to start right at verse 1. In the beginning, the Word, we've learned that means Jesus, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony John himself was not the light, he was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus, or John himself, testified testified about Him when He shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about When I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God All right, here is our question for today. Uh, Have you seen or experienced a sign of God's grace recently? Just to be clear, we're not looking for yes and no answers. We're looking for maybe a, a little bit of uh, what that sign of grace might um have been if you'd like to answer this question flint and brock are going to run mics so you get their attention stand up speak directly in the mic give us a brief answer have you seen or experienced a sign of god's grace recently here we go i have i just actually got full custody of uh, my daughter and um i you know I, it's been something i've been working on for a little over two three years now and it finally come in and uh so we had to let some things go, like uh, employment and stuff like that, but in the end, I actually ended up getting my daughter, and I'm thankful that my mother was here to help me because I've never been a single dad. So um, I see that's, that's God's grace working there. Congratulations. Thank you for sharing today. We love those stories. Hi, I'm Jason. Um, I would say each and every day I wake up. Uh, I'm, grace is with me every day and with all of us, and we luckily get to wake up every day. Hmm. Thanks, Jason. Hi, I'm Joe Um, About the time you think you are doing pretty well Um, God sends a a little lesson in uh, humility And I think that brings us back down to earth uh, And and allows us to bring ourselves back up again Without uh, um, thinking too highly of yourself Uh, And and I think that that really gets you on the right path. Mm. Thank you, Joel. (laughs) Who else is willing to share? How have you seen or experienced a sign of God's grace lately? Um, I was recently hospitalized, and I was supposed to stay for quite a while and decided to go. (laughs) <laughs> not stay, um, and some friends prayed for me, and I'm actually feeling really, really good compared to what I thought I would, so there you go. Oh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like I think God whispers to you a little bit in your life, like if you get that feeling in your stomach like something's not quite right, and then you do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, and you feel so much better. It's like a big weight off your shoulders and a weight off of your stomach. And, you know, and, yeah, just make the right decision, which is hard, and then feel at peace. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's excellent. All right. Got time for one more if anybody else would be willing to share. How have you seen or experienced a sign of God's grace? All right. Thanks, for Good morning, Julie. church family. Um, You know these unusual occurrences that happen to me are because when you do something good, on you know I started my new job and on my name badge is one 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 and seven seven seven, random. yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. Um, And congratulations on the new job. That's awesome. So um, I, uh, I hope you give a little thought to that uh, today. I want to share a little bit about the ground that we have covered in the prologue of John's Gospel before we um, kind of talk about grace a little bit today. Um, we have learned, as we've been going through the prologue, that Jesus is God himself, um, that Jesus was and always will be. Um, so when we talked about the word... Um, some weeks ago, we learned that Jesus um, brings meaning into our life. That's what they would have understood by the word. Jesus is the word. That He is the one who holds things together. And we have learned that God became human in Jesus Christ. Claire, a number of a couple of weeks ago, anyway, had um, helped us understand that when Jesus moves into our life, He doesn't just move into the neighborhood. He moves into our homes, into our lives. Right. And last week we said that God sent a messenger uh, to say get ready uh, for the Messiah and that we can get ready for Christmas and what God wants to do in our life next. That's kind of what we're doing here today. Um, But that you can also be a messenger of God's grace and love. So we're going to finish the prologue today and we're going to look at verses 16 through 18. From the abundance, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing, say one gracious blessing, one gracious blessing. after another, say after another. after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one who himself is God. He is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Um, I love that passage. So here, here's how I want to start. Um, I want everybody to hear me. I want you to hear me clearly that it is God's desire to bless you. So I want you to know that kind of deep down because um, I think sometimes we, we don't think that that's true. It is God's desire to bless you in your life. It's that simple. God loves you. He wants what is best for you. It is his desire to bless you out of his abundance. From his abundance, we have all received... One gracious blessing after another. So I'm just curious, who has their Christmas shopping done yet? Not very many of you. Holy cow. Maybe many of you don't do much Christmas shopping, but uh, just a few. Um, I, I, I really don't do much Christmas shopping. Um, frankly, um, I, one of the interesting things about um, Christmas is is that the older I get, the less receiving presents really means much to me. Um, I don't know, maybe a few of you are like that. It just really doesn't get me going. I do enjoy giving presents still um, to the people that I care about, and especially watching um, my grandkids opening presents. But, but um, I think that the things that have brought more meaning to me lately, um, these last years, has been the messages that I sometimes get. So I'm going to tell you about some messages I got. So I don't know if you know that I suppose it's the church world who does this, but um, in the church world, um, it's been declared that the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. You missed it, by the way. (laughs) Most of you. And um, I did not know this at the time, but um, the local Christian radio station, 97.9, was kind of inviting people to write in about their pastor and nominate them to get a little gift bag. And um, and so um, I didn't realize this, but apparently um, some people did. And I got a little gift bag, and it was brought to me a couple weeks ago. It was kind of cool. It had a, I don't know, a couple of things in it that I... Uh, I liked, especially a coffee mug. I got a very cool coffee mug um, that I'm, I'm using at home. But none of that really made much um, difference. Um, here's, here was the cool part. Um, they, the people who had written in, maybe some of you, had written some things um, to them in uh, kind of the, you know, recognize our pastor. And they had handwritten those in a card that they gave me. And I had the joy of just reading those one day. And um, it was a gift of God's grace. So if you were one of those people, thank you. Um, that was very nice. For the rest of you, shame on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's, it's often the messages these days, right? Um, that at least I get that tend to uplift me in some way from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. The blessings today come in true friends. Seeing God not only forgive my sins, but seeing him use what I've been through and the mess I've sometimes made of my life to help other people. That's that's a cool sign of grace in my life. Um, so um, some of you know that um, my uh, father-in-law, um, who's been part of this church for some years, um, has uh, really seriously declined in the last uh, few weeks. And um, a lot of you I know hadn't met them. They'd often come to this service, uh, but they they live um, in Bethany on Forty Second Street, and uh, they had been living in assisted living. Um, my father-in-law. Uh, battles parkinson's and a couple three weeks ago probably a good three weeks ago now uh, he had fallen and has a fracture in his lower back and it really has caused him to decline um, substantially uh, mentally um, as well as physically and so um, a week ago or so um, it just became too much and he went to the hospital for a while and then this week he was able to get out of the hospital and he went to um, the nursing home where I think he'll now stay, um, in the same building where um, Beth's mom lives um, in assisted living. Uh, but it's been a pretty stressful uh, period of time um, watching that. If you've had aging parents or people that you love for, it can be such a difficult time. And and I was uh, I've been reflecting a lot this week on um, my in-laws, um, largely because. Um, my parents have been gone for some time. My dad, 20 years, I think. And my mom, I think it's seven or eight. And um, in many ways, um, my, my father-in-law has kind of been dad since that time. Do you know what I mean? Um, 40, I've been married to Beth for 40-plus years. It's a, it's a long time having them as in-laws. Sometimes it's been good. Sometimes, well, you know. And uh, truthfully, my father-in-law um, is an amazing man. He was a good man, a kind man. He was a teacher and a high school counselor. He loved kids. He's been a great grandpa to my kids. And uh, he's, he was handy and able to do so many things. And so here, here's what I've been, I've been kind of thinking this last week. I, I was, I've been thinking about how when we're going through difficulties... Um, it's really easy for us to only focus on the difficulty. So I've been trying to focus on some of the grace of that person in my life during these these last years. Um, because, you know, he's 88. I know that the end is probably coming eventually here. And um, I, I was then realizing that, you know, lots of us face the holidays with... Um, loved ones who have gone on before us, right? I mean, I mentioned my parents have been gone. I'd love for, to celebrate Christmas with them again. And I've decided that maybe one of the gifts of, of um, kind of getting through the holidays with some of those losses is not focus on the loss as much as focus on the gift of grace that that person was when they were here. And, uh, you know, my parents, what a gift they were to me. Adopted me as a child, and, you know, I'm just so grateful. And so I, that's, where, that's how I'm going to kind of go through the holidays, focusing on the grace of what I have received instead of some of the difficulties. You with me? Yeah, maybe that can be helpful to some of you. In his prologue, John is giving us a heads up to something very important um, before he tells us the story of Jesus in the rest of his gospel. He tells us, if you want to see God, then look at Jesus. It's that simple. You want to see God, you want to know God, look to Jesus. He embodies God. They are one. Oftentimes when I talk about that, people will ask, well, what about the Old Testament God? And I, w- I will usually give them the answer, uh, yeah, it's really an interesting thing, that Old Testament Focus on Jesus. Get to know Jesus. That's who God wants us to know about himself. Um, and, or maybe there's some things that you learned about God. You grew up in a home or in an environment where, where God was perceived to be kind of the judge, uh, the Santa Claus clause who is watching you day in and day out, and you better be nice. Um, if you're going to get the rewards from, from you know, God, the Santa Claus uh, in the sky. And, and you know, the reality is, is that that's not the God that we meet in Jesus Christ. So my answer to you, if you kind of grew up with a God who was very judging or or very um, authoritarian or very, um, you know, fearful in your life, I want you to know that you should fall in love with Jesus. Get to know Jesus. That's who God wants you to to know about himself. Verse 14 says, So the word became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen the glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son from his abundance. Verse 16, From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. There's some important words in those two verses that I wanted to kind of just talk about for a few minutes. I think they're important for us to understand before we learn about the life of Jesus as we go through John's Gospel. Uh, They're going to be up on the screen. Unfailing love and grace. Unfailing love and grace. Um, Here's the thing. Love and grace, they go together. You can't have one without the other. Um, God's grace is born out of his love for you. And his love for you flows out of his grace. And so they're, they're kind of intertwined in many ways. Grace is God's unmerited favor. His love freely given, no strings attached, no conditions. We're going to come back to that. But I want you to know that grace is even something more. Um, I'm going to have this on the screen. To get something by grace means that when, when um, you receive it, It is something that could not have been earned or achieved even if you had wanted to. You hear that? I just want you to think about that for a second. That something that is truly a gift of God's grace is not just something that's freely given to you, but it's something that even if you had wanted to earn it or you had wanted to achieve it, you couldn't have. It was out of your reach. God's love for you is given to you by grace. It's not something you have to do to earn. It's not something that you can achieve on your own. It is a gift of God's grace, unconditional, freely given. Nothing that you do is going to make God love you, more or less. We talk about that all the time. Now, this grace, you can deny it. You can ignore it. You can run away from it, but you can't earn it. It's kind of like a gift. Grace. I didn't write that Beth did. Was, my handwriting wouldn't be as easy to see. So here's the deal. When we get gifts, um, you know, they're, if they're truly a gift, they're given to us freely, right? Um, no strings attached. And so when we receive a gift, um, it is just given. God's grace is a gift that's just given. There's not much you can do but what? Take it. Yeah, receive it. Yeah, take it. Yeah. That's what grace is. That's what God's love for you is. It's a gift that's just giving. I'm going to need that back after the service. All right. <laughs> One more to go. So. so I was thinking if that's true then what are some of the things that came to my mind this week as I was thinking about God's grace? Um, so um, here's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, for me, sobriety and my recovery is a gift of God's grace. Because um, here's the deal. Um, I tried to figure it out. I tried to achieve it. I tried to earn it somehow, and I couldn't on my own. And so my sobriety, my recovery has been a gift of God's grace. Um, other signs of grace in my life, um, my wife Beth. Um, you know, I already told you, for 40 plus years she has had to live with me. It's a long time. <laughs> the good and the bad of it. And, uh, you know, it's not something that I could have earned or achieved on my own. Um, Here's one. Um, Friends who have stood by me when I was least undeserving. Two December days in the 50s and 60s. A gift of God's grace. Seeing God work in my life, through some of the struggles that I have been through. So here's, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but for me, I find it's easier to recognize God working in other people's lives than I, than I am seeing it working in my own. Yeah, so, you know, if you're ever kind of wondering, what is God, you know, what's, what's he doing in my life? Ask somebody you Trust. Um, you know they probably can see things that you can 't here 's a gift of god 's grace to me. Um, I love this season. Christmas music is a gift of god 's grace. Um, I just love the the sounds of the season. Um, I also know that forgiveness and second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and new life is a gift of god 's grace i went to the Colossians. By the way, if you're looking for a place in the Bible to read in the Christmas season, the book of Colossians is great. Um, Paul writes this um, in Colossians chapter 2. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. You can't have the manger without the cross. They go together, huh? So I want you to know this. Jesus reveals the heart and character of God. Jesus reveals the heart and character of God. He is a God of grace. But wait a second. There is one more thing I want you to know about grace, Um, really important thing. That is that grace means, literally in the original language, charm and beauty and splendor. Now, I think that's so important because many of you have known or believed that God is a judge, that you should be fearful of him every day, that he's watching to see if you're going to screw up and to catch you misbehaving. Um, I hear people say, um, I believe that the God that I know is probably pretty disappointed in me. And I just want you to know that if you felt that way, that is not the God that John writes about and introduces us to in Jesus. He's not the God that I know. I know there are many difficult Bible verses, but we read them through this lens of God's grace. God is a God of grace, of beauty, of splendor, of charm. You see, um, I've received God's grace and I already know that, that God in Christ Jesus has judged me and he's judged me righteous, not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross. I can tell you the same is true for you. If Jesus is in your heart, you do not need to fear the judgment of God. He's already judged you. And he's judged you as righteous, not because of your actions. You haven't earned that. You haven't achieved it. He judges you as righteous because of what Jesus does for you and me on the cross. In Jesus, God does not curse you. He blesses you. He does not condemn you. He forgives you and frees you. He does not punish you, but lovingly disciplines you. He is not disappointed in you. He delights in you. I was trying to think this week, where when have been some of the times in my life when when um, I've almost like, you know, been someplace that has taken my breath away? First thing that always comes to mind when I think about that is the Grand Canyon. Um, anybody here been to the Grand Canyon? Um, I just remember the first time I was to the Grand Canyon kind of walking up as close to the edge as I was able um, or willing and looking over and there's almost like this this it's just hard to understand unless you've seen it. It's like, oh. Huh? I, I suspect that when I was young and I first saw the ocean, I had a little bit of that same feeling, you know? Especially when you grow up in North Dakota, you know, the ocean can do that to you. Or, or sometimes the mountains, you know, that are so beautiful. And, and um, I, I, I like that, I, that image of, you know, oh. And what I want you to know... Um, because this this kind of boggles your mind, perhaps, that when you got up this morning with like bad hair and bad breath, um, God said, "All right, she's up, he's up," and he goes, ah, "Another day with Chris, hmm, with Shane. That's pretty cool, huh? That that God actually delights in you through His grace." that he has splendor in his relationship with you and charm. That's the God who Jesus is, who John is going to tell us about. And and I I just want you to know, if you've not really kind of met Jesus or maybe you're kind of new to the faith, um, here's one of the things that sometimes happens when when we meet Jesus for the first time. um, I've lost it. For some reason, you know, I don't get to kind of get that, that inspiration very often anymore. But I remember, you know, when I would learn things at younger ages sometimes about Jesus, would be like, oh, wow. You know, and I'll tell you when that comes into my life um, is when I realize that, that God loves me just as much even though I've been through all these difficult times and these struggles and these, made these mistakes and, and have found myself kind of picking myself up again, God still looks at me in the morning and says, ah, it is very good. You know, I want you to know that that is grace, that God delights in you. From the, from the abundance of uh, we have all received one gracious blessing after another, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one who himself was God. He is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You know, I believe that all Scripture is inspired by God. And even though there are verses and sections that I have trouble understanding, um, all of the Bible is God's word. Um, that God speaks to it to me and through me. But I also receive, believe that there are some passages in the Bible that stand out as formative to our faith and our understanding of God, his love for us, his plan for us. Um, I think verses like John 3.16, or if you want some reading this week, uh, 1 John chapter 4, Ephesians 2, Romans 3 Um, I think the prologue is one of those sections of Scripture where you need to understand this to really understand the message of the Bible. And you need to understand that God is a God of grace, that we interpret the rest of Scripture with that foundation. God's grace and love is foundational to know God. He is for us, not against us. That's what this Christmas season is all about. And so you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. Verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So I've been going through a study with some of you on Wednesday nights and Thursday afternoons. We've been going through the book, What's So Amazing About Grace? Just a great book written by Philip Yancey. And, uh, you know, every chapter there is stuff that is so insightful, but there's been a quote that has really stood with me throughout the whole study, and uh, I wanted to share it with you today before we kind of wrap up here in a a couple of minutes. Uh, It's going to be up on the screen. It's actually not Philip Yancey writing this. Um, He actually is quoting a guy, a teacher, by the name of Lewis Meads, and he writes, "Um, guilt was not my problem as I felt it. What I I felt most was a glob of unworthiness that I could not tie down to any concrete sins I was guilty of. What I needed more than pardon was a sense that God accepted me, owned me, held me, affirmed me, and would never let go of me even if he was not too much impressed with what he had on his hands. Man, is that that is so deep. Because I think that most of us certain days think, how could God be delighted in me? How could God be delighted in me? Well, grace is the reason God is delighted in you. He operates gracefully out of grace, it is what is in his heart. Grace is the unconditional, unmerited love and acceptance of God. No strings attached. You add conditions to it, and it's no longer grace. So, um, mentioned that I've been in this study Wednesdays and Thursdays. We're about to wrap up this coming week, and uh, this last week we were talking about what would a what would a grace. Community look like. What would a community built on grace look like? And um, it was it was kind of a cool experience to hear others talk because uh, for many of them, um, Lighthouse has been a community of grace for for them. And and I thought you know that's that's what that's what our goal is. That's pretty cool. I wanted you to know that statistics say that. That if you have somebody who's close in your life who doesn't go to church, that if you invited them at Christmas time, there'd be a better chance that they would go than not. That most people who don't go to church even think about it at Christmas time. And I realized that if you think that this is a community of grace for you, maybe do some thinking and praying about the people in your life that you may want to invite into a community of grace. Um, that might make a difference in their life in the future. You know, when we started off in this place, we said that we wanted to be a come-as-you-are church where everyone is welcome. I remember specifically somebody telling me once, be careful what you say, it might happen. Um, and uh, it has been an interesting journey. Um, we are a pretty diverse group of people. You're a little bit subdued today, but we're a, we're a pretty interesting uh, group of people with our own hurts, uh, hang-ups, and habits. Um, I was remembering um, this week that I've told this story, but it's been quite a while. The first week or so that we were at at our downtown location here, we had just gotten the building, and it was summertime, and I decided that one of the best things that I could do would be to just hang outside and meet people. People. So I would sometimes even bring a chair outside and I would just sit on the steps or sit out front and visit with people coming by. There's a lot of people who come by this church. And uh, one evening, uh, there was a gentleman, um, his name was Alfred. Alfred, I know sometimes you watch if you're watching. Uh, God bless you. Uh, Alfred lived across street, um, kind of kitty corner. And um, he uh, he kind of hobbled over and had a little chat with me. What is this place going to be, he asked. And I explained what it is we were doing. And he said, oh, well, I'm a witch. And I said, oh, okay. Don't know if I've met a witch before. Tell me about that. And kind of tried to explain to me. It didn't really make a lot of sense. He was a good witch, not a bad witch. But um, it was just an interesting conversation. But I will never forget it because um, he asked me a question that I have not forgotten. He said, so, can I come to your church? And I said, yes. Hoping he wouldn't. No, that's not true. (laughs) Some of you who've been around for a while, you remember Alfred. Came around for a long time, on and off, depending on how he was doing. I He moved away to the West Coast. I hear from him every once in a great while these days. Um, But I know that Alfred knows Jesus. Got to know him pretty well. He knows Jesus. Uh, But he has his own story to tell, right? Um, You know, Lighthouse um, is a little bit of a unique community. Sometimes I know we have people for, you know, like this is the only church you've really been to. Um, Not all churches are quite as crazy as ours, but um, we do the best we can. Um, there, uh, there's a story in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus tells it. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. He said, there was this king who wanted to prepare a big feast and, and party for his son who was getting married. And so he got the party ready, and then he sent out his servants to tell everybody, come because the party is ready for my son. And nobody, want, nobody came. And then um, he sent different servants out to say, Hey, come on, the, you know, the feast, the, the whole party is ready for my son. Come and you know, celebrate with me. And it says they even kind of abused some of those servants, and the king became furious. So then he called his servants together, and he said, I want uh, you to just go out into the streets want you to go out into the streets and just invite anybody to come and celebrate with me. And so they went out into the streets. You know, they went down on Broadway. They went to the New Life Center. They went wherever they could find to invite people to come in. Um, you know, they went to anonymous meetings and who knows where the heck God found us all, right? And he said, come to the party. Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of God is like. I had a... Had a couple who came to our church for a season of their life. They'd been part of some uh, different kinds of churches than uh, what has been my experience. But one day, um, the, the, um, the woman in the family came up and she said, you know, I was sitting there during some of the, the message and I, I was just kind of looking around at the diversity of the church that I'm part of. And she said, um, I, I sensed God whisper to me that you realize you're at the wedding feast. Um, and she wanted me to know that. And I thought, you know, that is a message that I will not forget, um, that God has brought us together. If we're going to remain a community that is built on grace, it's going to be because we're all going to make that commitment to do so. That we're going to accept and love just as Jesus accepts and loves. Because it is God's grace that his kingdom and his church is meant to be built on. And it is that grace that touches my life and I know can touch your life if you don't know him. Because, you know, I tell you this all the time, God's love um, flows out of his grace and his love is so certain that there is nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more or less than he did yesterday. Nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more or less tomorrow. Amen.